Hey, listener. First Encounter is an explicit podcast by grownups for grownups. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hey, Chris. Did you know that First Encounter has joined a collective? What? Yeah. I was not informed. Oh. Well, just so you know, we're now part of the Spilled Potion Independent Arts Collective. What the fuck is that? Well, Chris, since you asked so nicely, jackass. Tell me! The Spilled Potion Collective is a nerdy and independent arts collective formed to support indie creators while promoting community, inclusion, and the drive to grow and improve. Go to SpilledPotion.com to learn more. (laughs) A friend was listening to the podcast recently. and Are they still a friend? uh, I think so. She sent me a text and it just said, I didn't flush dot 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 because i never flushed and i was like oh no and then i remember the the awful things i say in this podcast and i'm like oh god what's wrong with me yep (laughs) please don't please don't quote my podcast at me (laughs) i don't need to know is anyone there can you hear me? Hello, hello? Hello, hello. Back then, I only got scraped knees. Oh, there's that good good. Welcome hey, to the first encounter. Fuck you, gonna talk right over you there. <laughs> this is payback for episode, like, I don't know, 14 or whatever. You son of a biscuit. I was gonna ask you if you wanna... Together, but I guess not. Hey! Hey! I we're just back! sprayed my face with booze. That sounds... Excellent. Yep. Yeah, we're back! Hey! How you doing, Pumpkin? Good! Happy 2021! How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty swell. Pretty Thank swell? Thank you for asking. I'm doing pretty okay. I'm also doing pretty okay, even though you didn't ask. I No, I wasn't going to, but you just go ahead. Let me know how you are anyway. That's oh, fine. That's fine. Don't worry about me. My microphone's just like falling over here. I'm sure that's okay. You just keep an eye on that for me and make sure it doesn't, you know. Well, if this isn't the most first encounter return ever i don't know what it is literal (laughs) fucking fire on everything ha i think i got it now hey love it welcome to the first encounter podcast coming at your ears 2021 what you drinking there focal banger focal Uh, banger ipa from the alchemist oh excellent how do you uh how do you like it i really enjoy it what i do not enjoy is the heady topper how do you feel about the heady topper so you're treading into dangerous water not with me but with the entire state of vermont and basically the entirety of our craft beer so i prefer the focal banger as well however it does not have the same insane exclusivity i guess attached to it that hetty's hopper i would say used to it's really easy to find hetty's hopper now um once upon a time it was like a rare treat but the thing i don't like about hetty's hopper compared to a focal banger is that I don't, I'm not, they might still be the same alcohol percentage. I'm not 100% sure, but for whatever reason, Heady Topper, by the time it gets to me, like into my stomach, I can only drink about half a can and then I'm absolutely drunk and super full. And I'm just like, well, now what? <laughs> Focal Banger, I can handle the whole can. I still will be absolutely drunk, but I won't be full. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Focal Banger, it's just, like you said, not as heavy. It's not as bitter. Yeah. Like the hops are just not so in your face like they are with the Hetty Topper. Yeah, it's I'm I'm not sure. I think Hetty Topper is Hetty Topper a double IPA or no? I don't recall. I'm not sure. This is a single, but yeah, this is my favorite Alchemist like regular. They've had some um like specialties every once in a while that are really good, but uh I'd like to uh propose a little toast with this uh nice beer to to you and I, Chris, and to First Encounter. Cheers to 2021. 2021. To new opportunities. Ka-ching. Yeah, I can't re- 
eh. Well, that uh, well, yeah. didn't get picked up. Um, to new opportunities and to uh, the growth and expansion of this podcast, which leads us into our next topic. If you listened to our little soundbite back at the beginning of January, you will have heard that we started and joined, not just started, but also joined a collective. Um, You're really counting on me dropping that soundbite now, aren't you? Oh, well, you better be. Um, we are, uh, Chris and I formed the Spilled Potion Independent Arts Collective. So this is a arts collective that we put together to host and build other podcasts with. So we have two other shows that are currently in the network with us uh, at the time of recording, at least. Crime Time Nerds and Jitters Podcasts. Uh, if you want to learn more about those podcasts or our own First Encounter podcast, you can either go to spilledpotion.com or you can check out firstencounterpodcast.com for more information about us, crimetimenerds.com for more information about CTN, or jitterspodcast.com for more information about jitters. They're all great podcasts with some fantastic hosts, some really good friends of ours, and just people we really like hanging out with and being involved with. So, yeah, that's my little uh, pitch for Spilled Potion at this point, but... uh how have you been? What else have you been working on? Um, mostly being unemployed. Um, I think you mean fun employed. Fun employed. Because it was your choice. It was. Yes. Either way, I'm making not a lot of money. Can't say no money, though. Yeah. Taking on some side gigs. A little freelance editing, if you will. Yeah, I will. If uh, you listen to this and you need help editing, hit Chris up. But also, uh, you'll have to pay me for it. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. P- pay, pay me. Please to edit your, Please pay him. You're serious. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, charge people to listen to this podcast. Stop listening. Can't even no, get no, no. through the whole. Oh, oh. Stop listening. Send me money. Then you can come back. Honor system. <laughs> what have you been up to? You've been getting pretty busy with work, getting some promotions, some yeah. accolades. Work is uh, work has been going well. Um, that's been the majority of my life. But uh, outside of work, I. Took the grand advice of a friend podcast of ours, uh, Tales from the Cartridge, and picked up Jedi Fallen Order Mm. and have, for the first time in quite a while, played a game that was not Final (laughs) Fantasy VII. And uh, I actually... Gonna have to have a word with them. Yeah. um, Before I... (laughs) He's coming for you guys. Watch out. Um, Also, go listen to them. Tales from the Cartridge. All the E's are threes. They're fantastic. Yeah. They, They do a great job of talking about games in a way that makes you excited to experience them yourself that's why before getting involved in this podcast i feel like i had kind of fallen off of gaming pretty heavily um but since i started first encounter with chris i've actually completed two games and i am notoriously bad at starting and never finishing games Mm. as are probably 99 percent of people in the world but I just beat Jedi Fallen Order this morning. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to go back through. I'm currently working on 100%ing it, driving around, toot tooting on my Mantis, and uh, unlocking uh, lightsaber parts and collecting Jedi Force secrets. But uh, yeah, so just uh, beat that this morning. And then I'm looking for my next uh, fun game to pick up, if you will. My next game that's not going to be podcast related. So kind of thinking about getting that new Star Wars Rogue Squadrons game, um, I think it's called, but the it's like a starship fighting game. Seemed like it might be up my alley because of the Star Wars aspect, but I was also thinking about, um, and I've been talking about this with Tales Boys, was uh, picking up Assassin's Creed. My wife is a massive Assassin's Creed fan and has been on me for years to play them. And um, after she and I played Fallen Order together, she was like, 
the way you like fell for this game makes me feel like you'd really love Assassin's Creed. So we should definitely try picking it up. Hmm. But that's mostly what I've been doing. <laughs> well, as someone who has always been in love with video games and also has not had the time, it's very exciting to see somebody else um, get excited about games again. Well, I guess that's probably enough about games that aren't Final Fantasy VII. So with that, shall we talk about Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. Do you... I'm having a hard time. Can you just remind me, uh, what was it that happened last episode? Aerith fucking died, you prick. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, still trying to get over that. Making progress, but not quite there yet. Definitely felt the uh, the loss there today in several aspects. But yeah, today was our first day culminating in Aerith's death, or just dealing with the aftermath of that, rather. And... Uh, you know how we kind of helped get us over it, Chris, was uh, reconnecting with nature and our love of snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare today was. All right. So we're playing, you know, the game we saved last time in the outskirts of wherever you end up after Aerith passes away. One of the ancient like uh, settlements right outside of the forgotten capital. The party breaks out and someone's like, hey, where did that Sephiroth guy go anyway? I think it was Yuffie at that point. And um, Cloud's like, uh, hold on a second let me connect to the force and you see a little ghost image of Sephiroth up to the north walking along just swinging Masamune not a care in the world I can almost hear him whistling when you see that image of him just walking up that path also why is he walking he can rocket fly with his shoes we've seen it I, I don't think that was actually Sephiroth right Mm-mm. there Mm-mm. okay that yeah. was as far as I am concerned that was absolutely cloud connecting with the memory of like the planet and seeing Sephiroth jauntily walking along, swinging his sword and whistling yeah. as he heads up towards the north. Cloud kind of remembers at that point. He's like, oh, well, let's see. He was heading up like over the mountains, I think he said. And we're like, all right, that was that was enough for us. So I was, I was actually talking to Chris earlier today. I was like, I genuinely have no memory of where we were supposed to go. So really glad they gave us this little bit of good good. But um, we decided to head off north. Where, th- where am I supposed to go? Can you jump down? Hmm. Can I get that chest from here or no? Is this what you came for? I was trying to get that chest. Yeah, I know what you're trying to do. Can I? Doesn't look like it. Like, Cloud's trying to, but. Is he? Well, as hard as Cloud has ever been able to do anything. Remember, I'm not the biggest fan of Cloud, so. He's growing on me. Like a fungus. <laughs> oh shit son of a dick squirrels well you know i'm about to cast bullet on him <laughs> bullet wizard vincent might be my favorite just fucking shut up and get shot l4 suicide what eventually we make our way out of the ancient city into the north area of the planet map which has been previously unlike reachable it's the first snowy field we come across. Yeah, so uh, we're definitely in the... <laughs> the north. The north. Jon Snow. <laughs> we're definitely in the north now. So we're, we're in the north, and uh, we find a little village. I think this is our Christmas episode since we're in the snowy mountains now. Chris, Christmas was a while ago. Our listeners don't know that. <laughs> How dare you insinuate that our listeners are not intelligent. Thanks for joining our Christmas episode of First Encounter. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to this town. 
It's cute. Yeah. It actually looks a lot like my town. Grandpa! Grandpa. Please. I like that we did the exact same voice, though. We knew. <laughs> Grandpa, wake up. We have a customer. <clears throat> uh, welcome. Glad you came. Sir, I haven't even started. Please. <laughs> I haven't came yet. <laughs> Hit up the first building in the town, which is the uh, items kind of general store. Um, it wasn't just a weapon shop, kind of more of an all-purpose store, but the weapons they had were fucking killer. Um, so it's been a good chunk of time since I had a chance to do some shopping and get some really good weapons. Picked up a new weapon, I think, for almost everyone except Sid because there wasn't anything better than Mop. I'm glad you came. I'll sell this wind slash because it's worth a thousand. And then I'll sell a carbon bangle for 400. Then I will sell, sell the heavy, heavy Vulcan. Vulcan. <laughs> what was that? Did you, do you know what that was? Nope. The next building we visited was a mother and her son who had purchased a snowboard for her son and he got injured. At this point, she basically just tells us that he's on rest because he's injured and we go and talk to him and he just cries. All right, moving on with the story now. My boy got hurt right after the time we moved here. I never should have gotten him that snowboard. Cool. <laughs> Don't care. Look, at, I like how the snowboard is like the only bright thing in the room. So it's like, oh, yeah, look at the snowboard. <laughs> what, kid? <laughs> All right. Well, Fucking cool. cool. World building, my man, as Chris <laughs> would say. Oh, God. No. The Rude Sandstorm. We bail out of there. I think at that point we went to explore the inn, talk to a bunch of snowboarders who, I mean, I got, listen, I got a level with you. I'm from Vermont. We ski here. Snowboarding is mm, just not for me. All right. I didn't know that's where you were going with that. It was funny because I don't do either. <laughs> I dog sled. That's the only thing I do that's a winter sport. I don't go outside during the winter. It's just bad. I don't even dog sled. Technically, I ride my bike next to my wife while she dog sleds. You heard about the gnarly hill in this town? They tell me it's off limits. What luck? We came all this way. Crap. Hmm? It's colder than usual today. It's 200 gil. You want to spend the night? Yeah. No. Please come again. I said no. <laughs> I will not come. Bet you can't make me. I bet you can't. Don't even try. Awful. Awful, Chris. What? Oh, let me go destroy this restroom. I don't want to open. Unfortunately. They knew better. They saw Cloud coming down those stairs. They locked it right up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think about how we never flushed in the Shinra boardroom and our Dookie might still be there? No, not till now. Good riddance. I think the last thing we did in this area was we went to the Holds Off residence where we talked to a widow, question mark, but not really. She's like, oh, if you're heading north, you'll need a map. So we're like, okay. And she's like, there's a map on that wall. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take the map. So I took the map. We did reach a turning point in this podcast, which is we now know what the switch button is. This time it was the left bumper. Let's hope it stays. <laughs> There's another house we stopped at, and that's where we got all the good good. How the fuck did I forget that? It's the only reason we're recording this episode, frankly. <laughs> that's very fair. <laughs> um, the final final house is a house that seems very out of place internally. Externally, it looks like just another snowy cabin. 
internally though there's just banks of computers and books and stuff like it's it's a very like professional looking setting it looks very similar to a lab would you say almost i would say yeah odd and we decided to investigate a little bit booted up the computer bill's pc and got access to some videos seems like no one's been in this house a long time it's a little dusty there's no one here let's watch some videos i was not expecting what we got whoa this beep, looks boop. out of place beep boop beep why play the video yes the original crisis what is weapon confidential don't watch all right let's watch the original crisis who's that why does that woman look like Aerith? is that Aerith's mom camera's ready then <gasps> it'll fall in the it is Aerith's mom please tell us about the cetera wait so i mean that's professor gast 2,000 years ago, our ancestors, the Cetra, heard the cries of the planet. The first ones to discover the planet's wound were the Cetra at the Nose Pole. Oh, Knoll's Pole. Tell us, Ilfalna, where is the land called Knoll's Pole? Knoll's Pole refers to this area. The Cetra then began a planet reading. It said that something fell from the sky, making a large wound. Hmm. Thousands of Cetra pulled together, trying to heal the planet. But due to the severity of the wound, it was only able to heal itself over many years. The energy that was needed to heal the planet withered away. The planet tried to persuade the Cetra to leave the Knoll's Pole, but when the Cetra were preparing to part with the land they loved, that's when it appeared. It looked like our dead mothers and our dead brothers, showing us specters of their past. That's when the one who injured the planet, or the crisis from the sky came, as we call it. It first approached as a friend, deceived them, and finally gave them the virus. The Cetra were attacked by the virus and went mad, transforming into monsters. Then, just as it had at the Nulls Pole, it approached other Cetra clans and infected them with the virus. You don't look well. Let's call it a day. Well, that was a heavy chunk of good good. I'm going to watch the next video once you're you're ready. No! A lot to unpack here. We get a video of a man who looks very scientific. He's, uh, you know, wearing professional clothes, has glasses, kind of that 90s stereotypical uh, anime or, or manga portrayal of a professor. And uh, there's another person with him, though. The man refers to her as Ithalna, and we know that that is Aerith's mother. I did not realize, like, we were going to get some of this today. So this professor... I was like, I think this might be Professor Gast. That's a name we've heard multiple times now from, I believe, reading books in uh, Shinra Mansion's laboratory, as well as talking to Vincent Valentine, who we have in our party. If you didn't listen to the side quest episode, please go listen to it. It's really good. Professor Gast at this point, or the man, um, unknown, kind of tells Ithalna, okay, we're recording. Go ahead. I'm going to kind of prompt you. And it's almost like a scientific interview. So he's asking her very specific questions about the history of the ancients in that area, in this northern region, and she's answering him. And it seems like they don't have a bad relationship. So previously, based on Hojo and Aerith, I would have assumed that when uh, Ifalna was part of, you know, the Shinra experimentation, that she would have been treated much the same as Aerith, locked in a cage with Red 13, for instance. (laughs) Ifanla talks to us about what the crisis was, though. She tells us that many, 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 I think she says like multiple thousands of years ago, there was an incident where an object from space fell to the planet and caused a injury to the planet. 
and the Cetra in the area tried to bind together to heal the planet. They were not fully successful. She also tells us that that thing that fell from the planet was a entity called Genova. <laughs> Fucking alarms. What is weapon? Ifalna, can you comment on the thing called weapon? Yes, Professor. The one the professor mistook for Etcetera was named Genova. That is the crisis from the sky. The planet knew it had to destroy the crisis from the sky. You see, as long as Genova exists, the planet will never be able to fully heal itself. Back then, weapon was a weapon the planet produced by its own will? Yes, but there's no record of weapon ever being used. A small number of the surviving Etcetera defeated Genova and confined it. The planet produced weapon, but it was no longer necessary to use it. Hmm, shrug. So Weapon no longer exists on this planet. Weapon cannot vanish. It remains asleep somewhere on the planet. Even though Genova is confined, it could come back to life at some time. The planet has not yet fully healed itself. It's keeping watch on Genova. Thank you, Ifalna. That will be all for today. God damn, that's some good good. So that makes a lot more sense now. Um, Also, seems like Genova's an alien. That's cool. Fucking didn't realize that this was going to be an alien game. She talks to Professor Gast uh, very willingly about the history of the ancients in the area and about the calamity from the skies. This one was very interesting to me because Ephelna mentions that the injury can never be fully healed until Genova is completely purged. So Genova has been contained. Uh, It was contained by the ancients. And then now we know that it was contained in Shinra Laboratory in the Shinra uh, Power Company's headquarters. But uh, Sephiroth took it, so not so contained anymore. It seems like Professor Gast for Shinra at this point is trying to kind of get the location of the weapon. And if Alan like, I don't really know where it is. I can't hear the planet very well. Like things are so different now. The planet's just keeping a close eye on everything. Not 100% sure that she was completely honest there. She might know the location of it, but like was not trusting and and gas but we learned that the weapon still exists it can't really be disposed of but it's just not been used so it's hidden away somewhere by the planet yeah i think that's the the gist of the weapon video then we go to the confidential videos the camera is broken so you don't actually get any video but you get professor gast and an unknown person talking about trying to fix the camera to record a video of their daughter confidential daughter's record 10th day after birth what are you doing, Professor? I mean, honey? Oh, I'm thinking of taping on video, but the video's not working right. What are you going to tape? Is there still something I haven't mentioned? No, that's not it. I'm going to record my beautiful daughter. And when she's sleeping, her face looks like an angel. First, we have to figure out her name. We can take the video later. I've already decided. If it's a girl, then it'll be Aerith. That's that. Ha. Ha. Question. Didn't... Vincent said that Sephiroth's mother was a woman who worked with Professor Gast, right? We still don't know who his father is, though. I'm highly suspicious, by the way, of who the father is, but I was questioning that. And then it seems like, even though we don't know that that was Ephelna with him, right, in that video, but it seems like Professor Gast is Aerith's father. Yikes. Yikes. Yikes, dog. Big yikes, dog. Fuck. We can't be sure in this video that it is Ifalna and Gast who are Aerith's parents based on this video. But we do know that Ifalna is Aerith's mom. 
and I never thought to think about who her father was. I kind of just assumed in my head that it was like some other ancient. Like, I just thought that there was like a small Cetra colony somewhere on like the war front. Mm-hmm. Seems a lot like Professor Gas is the father of Aerith, though. Huh. Which is also interesting because it seems like Professor Gast might be Sephiroth's father, too. Hmm. Concern is where I'm at. Um, We'll get there, though. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, at this point, the last video is 20 days after Aerith's birth. This sucks. Real hard. Video again? You just got through taping. Please don't say it that way. It's our lovely daughter. Both yours and mine. Don't you want to capture her childhood on videotape? If you keep doting on her like that, she won't grow up to be strong. Aerith is different from the other children. I wonder what dangers await her. Never say that. I will protect you and Aerith no matter what. You and Aerith are my only treasures. I'll never let you go. I feel so much better now, darling. If I hadn't met you, I... Damn! How dare they intrude on our private time together. In quotes. We just finished our video. Mm, I wasn't gonna say it, but definitely had the same thought. It's them! Is that Hoja? (laughs) <laughs> so a younger hojo you have to slightly alter his voice <laughs> i've been searching for you with Falna, or should i say cetra fuck that's good long time no see professor gast hojo how did you know believe me i had to turn over a stone or two to find you two years i waited that's how much i wanted this new sample <laughs> a new sample you don't mean Aerith. Hmm, Aerith, what a nice name. (laughs) That's it. I'm severing all ties with the Shinra. Hojo, please leave. Please, Aerith has nothing to do with it. All you want is me, right? I'll need all of you for my experiment. You understand, don't you, Professor Gast? We can change the future of the planet. I'm just getting greasier as (laughs) the moments go on. You like that? Don't worry, Afalna. I'll take care of this. Please don't put up a fight. I don't want any harm to come to my precious sample. What a funny-looking camera. Guard, destroy it. Be careful with her. <laughs> Afalna, take Aerith and run. Whoa. Ah, darling. Oh, and uh, don't forget the child. Whoa. That was a lot. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Holy shit. At this point, it's confirmed that Professor Gast and Ithalna are Aerith's parents, and Hojo has been tracking them, trying to find a new specimen. He said he spent, like, the last two years trying to find them. Gast, at this point, is like, I am not part of this. Like, you cannot take my daughter. You cannot take Ithalna. Like, I'm cutting my ties with Shinra. And Hojo's like, I was kind of hoping you'd say that, because I'm a piece of shit. Take him. Hojo kind of notices the camera and he's like, oh, that's an interesting camera. Hey, Gar, can you shoot that? And it goes black. And then you just see Professor Gas dialogue box say, take Aerith and run. And we don't really know what happened at that point or from that point. But I do remember that Aerith and her mother spent time in Shinra Labs when Aerith was a kid. So I'm assuming that Professor Gast was murdered by Shinra and Aerith and Ifalna were taken to the lab until Ifalna was able to escape with Aerith, at which point Aerith's adopted mother, Elmira, kind of picked her up from the train station. Yeah. That was a lot to unpack. That's a lot. Holy shit. Yeah. Chris uh, had mentioned earlier in the day, he's like, yeah, we're going to be getting all the, all that good good later today. Turns out that wasn't the good good. So I can't even imagine what's going to fucking trump that. 
better listeners do. Yeah, you, you know what's coming up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially you. Um, but previously we've heard Sephiroth say that Hojo took over the work of a great scientist, talking about Professor Gas. Yes. So it's concerning. We learned that Lucretia was definitely, well, definitely quote unquote, as far as Vincent's concerned, Sephiroth's mother, and I think. I don't remember. I don't think I've have had it confirmed in the game at all. But my assumption was that Gast was his father. I don't know that, and I don't know that he knows that, and I don't know that that's even real. But if it is real, that does make Sephiroth and Aerith half brother and sister, which is awful. But it also makes it so that while he was thinking he was an ancient, he ain't even close. Yeah. Not only that, he's just fucking ordinary. Son of a smart scientist and a don't know. Don't know what Lucretia was really at this point. I think mm. she was a lab assistant, they said. I assume smart person, but nothing uh, ancient or special or Genova-y about any of that nonsense. So get fucked, Sephiroth. <laughs> you ain't special just because you played the cross. <laughs> I'm doing okay. From here, we decide to go talk to the gentleman on the northern path out of the village who stops us because it's dangerous. There's a steep path ahead and tells us that we uh, can't get through there without a snowboard. No, don't. There's a steep grade past here. It's dangerous. Please don't go. I'm still going. Thanks for your kindness. No, no. I just did what came natural. Uh, Oh, no. I guess I'm not too busy now. Do you want to learn how to ride a snowboard? Maybe I should. Time to ride some snowboards, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> oh no um move forward left right all right break is down switch is also break hmm. thank god there's two breaks do you think two is enough cancel is jump so x is jump directional button left plus page down edge left chris will you edge left edge and, will you edge with me aren't we isn't that what this podcast is do you want me to explain again <laughs> wait so i don't actually have to learn snowboard yet yeah but now you know how all right we got a nightmare. It, listener, you've stuck with us through 20 episodes at this point. And you know how much we love those mini games. You know how bad I am at following direction. <laughs> um, we get the most intense pop-up on screen <laughs> of what the directions are to use a snowboard. And at this point, I'm like, I don't even have a snowboard. I finally said, well, screw it. I'm going anyway. At that point, he's like, hold on. There's some commotion at the village entrance. And he runs away from you. And you're like, Okay. We see the back of a blonde head with a black suit. Black suits in this game mean one thing only. That good, 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 good Turk. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's absolutely Elena from the back of the head. There's clearly some Shinra soldiers with her, just some regular blue coats. And she's yelling, they're here. Like, let's get them before they get away. (laughs) You kind of follow the guy. Uh, who was teaching you how to snowboard up to the center of the village. And you're like, oh, what's up, Elena? You like, you cool? What's going on? And she's like, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> she's like, you're not going to get away. Let's fight one-on-one. Like, you're never going to dodge my punch. There's a little dialogue bug that pops up on screen. It's like, hey, if you press up, you'll dodge her punch. And I was like, all right. So I dodge it. She goes tumbling down the steep slope that the guy was on earlier and just rolls away as all the guards are like, Elena, come back. Wait. They all follow her. At this point, uh, tried to leave the village again. The guy was like, no, I fucking told you. You have to have a snowboard. And I was like, you really didn't tell us that. <laughs> but I remember the kid with the broken arm or whatever. I was like, oh, he's not going to use it. I'll go back there. So I went back there. And he's like, eh, I guess you can use my snowboard. 
Sorry, I ran off a while ago. I thought there was going to be trouble. Anyway, you'll need a snowboard to get down that hill. No. Want to learn how to ride one? No. All right, fathead. <laughs> Don't blame me if you get hurt. I told you you can't. Oh, I gotta go steal that little kid's snowboard, don't I? Kid! All right, little boy. He doesn't have a face. Well, I got hurt on my snowboard, <laughs> and now I can't go out for a while. <laughs> you okay? That voice. <laughs> hey, I'll give you my snowboard. All right, thanks, kid. Tell me if you get good at it. Get good. He says, get good, scrub. <laughs> Chris, could I interest you in a minigame? Oh, you sure can. I grabbed it, and I snowboarded. For six minutes, I traversed the... Traversed is a strong word for double it. Double black diamond, extremely hard to navigate. How many balloons do you think you got? Like three? What, what are those? Like, what do you do? I, I, I mean, it's a mini game in the gold saucer, so... Oh, okay. So, like, the mini... The balloons are just... They were like, yeah, we're too lazy to take the assets out when it's well, not the gold saucer. I, I don't know. All man. right, sure. I got three, though. I was counting. I got three red balloons. Um... I'm sure it's fine. Chris, I, I'd like to turn it over to you for a few minutes to describe my snowboarding escapade, because for me, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it was a lot of just careening into walls and snowmen yep. and trees. Yep. And so I've been looking forward to this minigame since episode one. You ready? I've been playing Fallen Order. I can do this. Dude, I'm so fucking ready. Edge. I refuse to edge. What? What's with the balloons? Got a balloon. Oops. Oops. Oh. I want more balloons. Uh. Uh. Stop. Oh, fuck. Stop. Stop. Ah. What happens if I hit a snowman? Oh, nothing good. Got it. This is my favorite SSX game. <laughs> Look at Cloud's fucking fat face. He's beautiful. How dare you? This is... This is painful. Why? Look like, he looks like a lemming. Why won't... Why Why does he just turn around on his own randomly? I think that's a you thing. No, no. No? That, that's not right. Edge! OBS, if there was ever a time to quit right now would be the time. Hello? Oh my god. Hello? <laughs> Are you better than me at this? Oh, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking with gas. Fly! Fly, Cloud! Jesus Christ. Three minutes of this, huh? And we're still just doing it? Well, I don't think it's supposed to be three minutes long, but here we are. I think that's okay. I would like some more of these <laughs> balloons, but I don't think I'm going to get any. <laughs> Can you edge my nostril? Oh, that made it so much worse. Oh, no, it's Rainbow Road! <laughs> oh, my God. Can I help you? No. <laughs> you should watch me play Fallen Order. Mm. Five minutes, 43 seconds. I think that's probably a world record. I'm doing well. Somehow we get through our delightful snowboarding treat and end up crashing at the end of the course and kind of waking up in a snowy field. The fact that this guy is like, stop, you can't go this way. It's highly dangerous unless you snowboard straight down it. Oh, you don't know how to snowboard? Let me teach you and then I'll <laughs> just send it'll you be down. fine. Yeah, like you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I like him, though. He's, he's a good boy. Um, yeah, so we end up in this kind of snowy tundra, and at this point, we have to rely on Holtzoff's map. It's a map of a hard-to-read static page of very vague landmarks. I got so lost, dude. I, have no, I still have no idea what I did. I just started wandering. Got a lot of forks in the road here. 
Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Cloud grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. I think uh, Green Day's calling. They want us to stop that. Immediately stop. Cease, cease and assist. These, okay, so those are the hot springs. So if you open your map, ah. you should be able to locate where you are on it. Yeah, we got it. Now no we're, problem. Now we're lighting our balls on fire with Axe Body Spray. Now sponsored by Axe. Light your balls on fire. Did you ever spray Axe on your hand and then catch it on fire because no. you could? No, I never did that. Hmm. I think we might have just had a different high school experience. I feel like high school was probably the time in our lives we hung out the least. Possibly. Middle school is definitely the most, and then recently. It was the creme of the crop. <laughs> yeah, you know, how we peaked in middle school. <laughs> Got into a lot of random encounters. Did not find any items. No. Not uh, a single. Uh, not a single one, which Chris tells me is very bad in this area because there's something I'm going to want. I am upset. <laughs> um, which is the closest Chris has come to a spoiler because I think he's that upset. <laughs> we eventually make our way to this garbage little mini puzzle of like setting placement markers as you traverse a place. I didn't understand it, though, because I... So, listener, I'm extremely geographically challenged. I have the worst sense of direction especially in video games. And I just had no idea where I was going. So I was just laying down <laughs> random like markers and being like, yeah, this is fine. So it's a completely white snowy field as far as the eye can see. And the idea is that you're running and placing these markers so you can tell that you're going in a straight line. Because every few moments, a snowstorm is going to pick up and like shift the screen in the position you're running toward. So you can't really figure out what direction you're headed a lot of the time. I didn't get any of that. I was just throwing down markers. and like, yeah, this is fine. I was watching you go in a straight line, just throwing these markers down. You would get shifted and just like head to the fucking left 90 degree yeah. angle, still throwing them down. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is the way. <laughs> like, this is fine. Wait, oh shit. Which direction was I going? And here we are. Fuck. I don't remember which way I was going. I'm going that way. This way? That way. Hello? What just happened? Am I Snow. lost? As far as you can see, you better watch where I walk. I'll place a landmark and start walking. That landmark's not going to help you if you don't walk in a straight line. <laughs> You'll never take me alive. <laughs> Fuck. You will never take me alive, game. I don't understand how these landmarks are supposed to be useful. I like how this is not useful at all. Like, the leaving markers does not help. I have no idea how that's supposed to help. You're supposed to put them in a row, so when you get blown off course, you can see what line you are walking in but every time you're blown off you just start a new path so it's not helping you at all all right so let's 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 practice this so i put that there yeah and then i walk yeah so now put another one before that one disappears from your screen like that yeah so wait oh and then i was walking this way so somehow got to the other side of it and come out to a cabin this is presumably holtzoff's cabin at the base of guy's cliff but um, we found a save point inside and decided that, hey, let's save the game, but also let's go back and search for some items. Yeah. Holy shit. It was even worse on the way back. <laughs> I got so much more lost. So let's give a, a quick checklist of the items we got on the way back. We got absolutely nothing. We didn't find anything. Still didn't find anything. Um, turns out that I don't know if it was because we found the cabin but after this point, it seems like if you're starting to wander too much, the game will kill you, kind of, or faint you, and you'll wake up in Holsoft's cabin again. 
So we wake up, Holtzoff's like, Hey, I'm Holtzoff. I've been here for 20 years helping travelers like yourselves. And we're like, cool. You have a wife who doesn't know if you're alive or dead. Like, <laughs> not that far from here. Can you do something about that? And he's like, no. <laughs> All right, cool. So Holtzoff tells us that uh, we have to keep our body temperature up as we wander. And we're like, fucking cool. Okay, I guess that's fine. As soon as Holtzoff finishes the diatribe, I was like, I'm fucking cooked for the day. Let's save it. And I'm done with snowstorms. <laughs> we saved it and we turned off the game at that point. Chris? Yeah, we did. How are you feeling about today's episode? So I thought, because you've spent time reading Shinra documents, you've now seen these recordings, you've heard some accounts from people, thought it might be fun to do a quick overview of the Final Fantasy VII timeline as you know it. Oh boy, okay. So what are the major events of the planet that are shaping the story? So I would say Genova crashes. The virus kills many of the Cetra. The Cetra contain Genova somehow. I would say that's probably not that... Like, there's not a lot of time in between those three events. Maybe a dozen years or so in between. I don't, I don't know how long, like, you know, they kind of interacted with Genova before they were like, oh, shit, you have, like, space disease. Get away. <laughs> um, they contain her, or it. Then, I would say the next notable thing is the introduction of Shinra as a company. I don't know anything about that, really. Uh, I assume that President Shinra, as his name is Shinra, is the founder of the company. During his or his family's timeline of being a power company, discovered that they can find Mako and refine it and turn it into energy for the citizens of the planet. Kind of build Midgar. They build the plate system. They become, you know, this is probably over the course of, I would say, several dozen or to 100 years. The next notable thing is them discovering Genova in a geological stratum, which I do know what that is now. <laughs> I still don't. Uh, I actually Googled geological stratum. Um, Spoilers. I mean, it, it just means a rock. It's a fossil. It's okay. a fucking fossil. Right. <laughs> um, but I would say that that's probably during President, former, not Rufus, Rufus's father. I would say it's during his reign that they discovered Genova, probably early on. He, I think, discovered Genova, got interested, kind of started diving into the Cetra culture, discovered the promised land idea, and because of his greed was like, oh, it's a land of unlimited Mako, like, I'll be rich. Like, that's what his thought process was. I think then sometime after that probably started the soldier program. I think the soldier program, because they are treated with Mako, I think that it is probably shortly after the discovery of Genova and the kind of deep dive into the Cetra culture. I would say probably within, let's see. So Hojo is trying to experiment on Cetra already 20, 20 some odd years before current events. So then I would share the event of Gast and Ethelna having Aerith is post the discovery of Genova, kind of before they've really started deep diving in. And then with Aerith and Ethelna captured by Hojo, I think that kind of accelerates everything from that point and gets them more interested in Genova, more interested in Mako, more interested in Materia, more interested in experiments. And then over the next two decades, the next 20 years, they make massive advances in Mako, probably from studying Aerith as well as just more rampant operations around the country. Um, there's also a war in there at some point. Don't really know much about that or who was fighting that war. Somewhere in between there, Cloud 
has joined Soldier. Yep, uh, around 14 years after the point of Hojo capturing Aerith and Nefalna, or if Cloud and Aerith are the same age, I don't know. Um, Cloud joins Soldier, is treated with Mako, has Mako eyes, and then some years prior to that, Gast and Lucretia did something, had Sephiroth, and um, somehow Sephiroth was also part of the Soldier program. So the Soldier program must have started around the birth of Sephiroth or... Maybe, I, I mean, I guess I don't know how old. No, because if Cloud was 14 when he joined, I guess you can get Mako whenever. So Sephiroth didn't necessarily need to be a baby when they, uh, <laughs> if if they, I'm assuming it's because he was in Soldier, that they did treat him with Mako. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a terrible outline, but that's what I'm on right now. Okay, cool. Um, what why did I miss? <laughs> I, I'm not going to speak to anything you missed, but why does Sephiroth believe his mother is Genova in that case? My assumption is that there was something forbidden or not allowed with his... If if Gast is his father, there was something that they... Sh- like, him and Lucrezia shouldn't have been banging. So he lied to Sephiroth and wanted to... Who doesn't want to make their kid feel special, right? I don't even have kids, and I'd want to make my fe- kid feel special. But, Maybe he but, Gast lied to him. But Sephiroth didn't know that Genova was an ancient, or, you know, a believed ancient at the point. Wait, he didn't know that Genova no, was an ancient? not until he discovered it in the Mako reactor. All right, because he said my mother was a woman named Genova, right? Yeah, so I guess maybe for whatever reason, Gast just didn't want him to know who his real mother was. I mean, we, we still don't know what happened to Lucrezia at this point, so who knows? Yeah. Bad times ahead, man. Yeah, weird. I'm I'm at the point where I'm trying to not... I don't want to make as many assumptions because... I wish you would. <laughs> um, Full steam ahead. I, I do think... So G- like I give said, me your feelings. What do you think is happening? Overall picture. Overall picture is that Gast and Lucrezia had a kid. Gast did experiments that Lucrezia didn't like on the kid because he was like, hey, baby, let's see what we will give it some stem cells and see what happens. And then Gast... I don't know if he maybe didn't love Lucrezia, if he was just like a fling and like didn't want the kid. Um, Because Sephiroth doesn't seem to like his father at all. He seems to know who he is from our encounter with Sephiroth and Nibelheim. Which is another point I want to bring to you. Okay. Sephiroth calls Gast a great scientist. Yeah. And then when he remembers his father. Yeah, he doesn't like his father, but he calls Gast. So he doesn't probably know that Gast is his father then. I wonder who he thinks his father is. Hojo, maybe? I mean, I could see him being like, "Yeah, Hojo's like." If Hojo Wouldn't want to be Hojo's kid, yeah, yeah, I get, I got that. I'm like, all right, all right, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man, I'm lost right now. Yeah. I don't know what to expect, but I feel like there's something shady around Gast, Lucrezia, Vincent, and Falna, and Hojo. Like that whole like quintuple. There's some weird that harem, sh- if you will. Yeah. What? Huh? Huh? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um there there is something weird around that harem as you called it yeah. um i think with the science department in shinra i'd say between 30 and 20 years previous to the current events of the game there was a lot happening in shinra that i think we need to know more about before i go too much deeper down the rabbit hole okay because there's also the virus yep the virus we have nothing about i this is the first we've heard about a virus as far yep. as i'm aware we did hear that the virus was turning Cetra into monsters. Yes, which sounds a lot like what Mako does to people based on the events in Nibelheim, mm. with seeing that the overexposure of Mako made people really monstrous. Yeah, so that's a whole fun thing. That's a whole lot to unpack Whole there. fun good stuff. I'm sure that's fine. Uh, what do you think the weapon is? A materia of some sort. 
it would be like the opposite of the black materia, right? Because the black materia is the materia that can cause damage to the planet. And that's what Sephiroth wants. Mm. I would say if it's generated by the planet, materia seems to be generated by the planet, right? It would be a opposite materia, maybe like a white materia, which by the way, was exactly what I was thinking when they were talking about the weapon being used to counteract like an injury to the planet. I was like, well, what could that be? And I was like, didn't Aerith have a little white orb that uh, tinkled down from her hands when she died and fall into the uh, huh. water there? Yeah. And then Weird. Uh, that city? she inherited from her mother. Yes. Weird. Yes. Yeah. And Falna is very skittish around the location of the weapon. When she's like, oh, my memory's not clear. The planet's not talking to me. I'm like, eh, planets seem to be talking to you Talks plenty. pretty well to Aerith. <laughs> yeah, I was like, planets seem to be talking to you pretty well like five minutes ago. So. You and the planet seem a little pretty tight. Pretty t- P-tight, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's everything I have. So, you Got any questions for me? Nothing I can Nothing you'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome. I think with that, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. And see ya. Thank you so much for listening to the First Encounter podcast. If you want the journey to continue, why don't you hit us up on Twitter at 1STEncounterPod. You can email us at mail at firstencounterpodcast.com or you can check out our website, firstencounterpodcast.com. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by Alden Zach. 